Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. All right, that's awesome. Man, welcome to the new year. It's hard to believe that it is 2020. I feel like it's not just the new year. I feel like it's like welcome to the future in time. I wrote, I don't know if you still write checks. I wrote a check this week on like the third day of January and wrote 2020 at the top. And I was like, man, that just feels weird and looks weird. And then my kids for Christmas, one of the gifts that we got them, and by kids, I mean mostly me, is we got them this, have you seen they make these miniature arcades? And they're arcades of like the 80s and 90s. And so we got them the Ninja Turtles arcade. uh, And and we got the Ninja Turtles arcade, which I used to play as a kid. And so one of the games on there is you're the Ninja Turtles and you're fighting, you're like fighting through time. Right, is that you go back to time and you like fight with the dinosaurs and all this sort of stuff, and then you get and then you fight in the future. And so the first level, at the beginning of every level, it tells you what year it is. At the first level of the future, it says 2020 AD. I was like, whoa, that is crazy. And they're like flying around on hoverboards and stuff, so we're not quite there. But I feel like 2020 is the future. So I hope that you've had a good year so far, and I hope that your 2019 finished up well. And so it's interesting as we enter into a new year, um, there's a lot of reflection that goes on with us in our lives that we take a lot of time to not just think about the year that's coming. You know, if you made a New Year's resolution, if you decided that you're going to change something this year, that's wonderful, and I encourage that. But a lot of times, as much as we look forward to the next year, we take a moment and we reflect on the year that's that's behind us. And so just thinking about 2019 and everything that happened in that year for you, I'm sure that like me and like all of us, there's a lot in there that was expected, but probably even more so than that, a lot that's in there that's unexpected. As you look back, it's easy to see those things that you didn't quite anticipate and didn't quite expect for your year, and uh, as you look at kind of the year in review. So this morning, um, what I want us to do, and what I think is really important, is to do both of those things, is to take a moment to look back at 2019 um, and, and see what the Lord did for you individually, for us as a church but also, and more importantly, to look forward to what God is asking for us in 2020. Um, And so I want to encourage you this morning to, as we teach through God's Word, as we reflect on a few things, I want us to first and foremost be listeners. And not just me, uh, not just you, but us together collectively. Because what I believe that we're starting today and that we're starting this year is really significant for our church. So if you are here and you call yourself part of Vessel Collective Church, if you consider this your home, this is really important for us. And I believe it's the vision that God's giving us for this next year. And I believe it's as significant, if not more, than this past year. And if you're new this morning or you're a guest, uh, a couple things. First, I want you to know this is a great morning to hear about who we are and about what God's doing 
Um, and so it gives you a good picture of who this church is, but also for you to think for yourself, what does that mean? And so in the spirit of that, I want to first and foremost talk about uh, this last year and, and, and what the Lord did. And so there's a couple things. As we were coming, I'm going to back up past 2019. I'm going to back right into 2018. As we were coming out of the end of 2018, that fall, I really started praying for our church. Uh, I mean, I pray all the time, but I really started praying for the church. Lord, what are you calling us to do? And who are you calling us to become? And as most of you know, at that time, we were a part of Austin Christian Fellowship. We were one of their satellite churches and communities. And so uh, as, as I just prayed through that and asked, asked the Lord, what is this year? What are you calling us to do? In 2019, what do you want to do, Lord? Uh, God gave me this image and this vision and this word for 2019 uh, that he was calling us into deeper waters and this idea of deeper waters. And so that felt like what God was saying to us as a church for 2019 is I'm calling you out into deeper waters. And so I felt like, man, that's great. That's so good, right? I love that. That's a great vision and image. And so as I thought about deeper waters, I thought that there was a lot of things that I thought. And so I want to share a few of those things. So first and foremost, I think going into that this past year, the things that we knew about deeper waters were more um, hypothetical and more situational and obviously less detailed. Because what God called us to was not what I was expecting. But a couple, thing about, a couple things about us being called into deeper waters is first and foremost, um, to me it felt like we were leaving the safety of the harbor. And I know this is silly and all imagery, but I felt like we were this, we were this church and this, uh, this group of people that we were in the safety of the harbor, right? We could see the shore, the shallow, the waters were shallow, we could control where we were and where we were going. And we had the security there of the harbor. And so going out, I felt like God was calling us out of the harbor and into open waters and into deeper waters. And so a couple of things, when, we, when you do that, right, when you leave the harbor and you go out to deeper waters, a couple of things happen. First and foremost is you're, you rely on the wind, when you're in the harbor, you can drop anchor, the bottom is there, and you can, you can manipulate the ship and the boat where you want to go. But when you go out into deeper waters, you're trusting in the wind, and you're trusting the wind to bring you and guide you. I know this is all like imagery, and so forgive me, because it makes total sense to me. But so that's the first and foremost, we were trusting the wind, and that, that was hard. And, but the scripture talks about uh, the Spirit of God. It describes it many ways, but in the Old Testament, it talks about the Spirit of God being wind. And that the word is ruach, and it's in the second verse in the Bible. It says the, the, the world was formless and void. And it says the ruach of God, the wind of God, hovered over it, hovered over it. And so this image of wind, it just made sense to me. I was like, all right, Lord, you're constantly in deeper waters. We're trusting you in your spirit. Um, and out on the deeper waters, to me, it meant that there were bigger fish and bigger adventure, right? It just felt like this epic journey and God was calling us out. Those are the things that I expected. The things that I did not expect, I did not expect that we would be planting a church, I did not expect in any way, shape, or form that we would no longer be a part of Austin Christian Fellowship. And that's what God was calling us to. I had no idea that we would be 
independent and autonomous as a body. But the Lord did. And so as we look back on 2019, I don't want to spend a lot of time there. And this got this calling to deeper waters. It just felt so, um, it just felt so appropriate for what the Lord did is bring us out of the safety and the security of, har- of the harbor, trusting in his spirit, going out into this big and grand adventure. And if you were here during that time when, when ACF sent us out, um, you rem- if, if you remember the first message I ever taught after that was on Acts 27. And Acts 27 is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, and you should read it, but it's a story of Paul and, and Paul be going to Rome and being on this ship and this ship being shipwrecked. And so it starts off with them, and they, they load this boat, and he's a prisoner aboard this ship. And the Lord tells him, he says, you're going to go to Rome. That's what I'm calling you to do is to go to Rome. And Paul's sitting in a jail cell at the time. This is Acts 22. He's sitting in a jail cell, and God tells him to go to Rome, and he tells him to take courage, that the only thing you need, only thing that's required is courage and faith. And so uh, the story goes, and you should read it. Um, it's a beautiful passage, uh, but they go out, and they head out into deeper waters, and immediately they're hit with a storm. And they're trying to steer their ship where it's supposed to go. And it, the, the scripture says that they have to pull the anchor and just let the wind carry them. And it carries them all the way uh, to the shores of Malta. And they're shipwrecked in Malta. And so I don't know if you felt like that, but I felt like we, I, I identified with the shipwreck, right? I felt like, wow, this is crazy. We trusted the Lord for open waters and we just shipwrecked into Vessel Collective Church, But the truth is in scripture is what happened in Malta is the gospel broke out on Malta and Paul got to Rome. And the same is true for us is that the Lord brought us here. And so it's interesting to look back at that year and think of what it was. And so as we finish out and we came through all of that transition and as we got to the fall of 2019, just a few months ago, I found myself praying and seeking from the Lord, okay, God, what is next? If you called us out into deeper waters and you did this thing and you were faithful in that, Lord, what is next for us? Because you, you called us to deeper waters. We were obedient and faithful to that. We said yes to you and look what you did, Lord. And it wasn't anything that we could have planned or strategized or come up with it on our own, but God did what only God could do. So I find myself this past October praying that same prayer again. Lord, what are you calling us to the next year? And so I want to share that with you this morning. Before we jump into that, I want to pray. So bow your heads with me. Jesus, I thank you for deeper waters. God, I thank you that you called us out. Jesus, I thank you that you gave us the courage and the strength to be able to say yes to that to be able to say yes to an unknown adventure uh, and just your faithfulness in your hand and your spirit and your wind through it all. Lord, there was times that we felt like we were being tossed like a ship and sea. And there are moments that we felt shipwrecked. But your goodness through it all, God, and where you delivered us and where you brought us is a reminder of your hand and your word. So I pray this morning that you set in us a calling for 2020 that you give us a clear image of of what you're calling us to in 2020, God. I pray that we are listeners to that. God, and our expectation is that you will do what only you can do. 
God, that we don't try to put agenda around what this is, that we don't try to control what that looks like. God, but we, we say yes to your calling on us as a church and us as a people, and that we're faithful to trust you in that. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So <clears throat> I got to the fall. Uh, and started praying that prayer again. God, what is it that you're calling us to this next year? And as I said in my office, I don't know if you remember, at that time, if y'all remember, September was really hot. Do y'all remember that? Like August was hot, but September was hotter than August. And it was this weird late summer, it felt like. And so September was really hot. And then we got to October and and a cold front hit. And I mean, in just a matter of weeks, we went from almost 100 degree weather to uh, getting, it, it dropping below freezing in the night. And so Shay and I have some plants out on our porch that's at the front of our house and they're potted plants. And so we have these plants out on our porch and we are not the most, uh, we, we wouldn't be classified as someone with a green thumb or we, we are, tend to kill plants. And so we like them and we like to kill them, but uh, we try our best. <clears throat> And so as this freeze came in in October, what we did was is we moved some of the plants inside. And so one of the plants that I moved inside is this plant right here. Marie, you're going to hold this for me real quick. Give it up for Marie. Way to go. Holding the mic. All right. So this is one of the plants that I brought inside. And, and so I brought this inside and just right inside, it went from our porch right into like our little entryway. I mean, it, it traveled a, a, the distance from me to this chair. I mean, just a total of six or eight feet. Just moved it from outside, inside, right by a window. Um, and it's right off, if you've ever been in our home, we have a little office area right there near the entryway. <clears throat> and as I do each morning, I set my office Uh, just praying and reading scripture and spending time with God. And I I watched this plant. And I, I, does anybody know what kind of plant this is? What is it? Not a live oak. I'll give you a quarter. No? Okay. It's an olive tree. Nana gets the award. But I think she's cheats because she comes to our house. This is an olive tree. And I was gifted this olive tree um, a while ago. And so... Uh, and we put it in this pot, and it grew, and it was fine. It's, it's not, it's not a, quite a tree. I don't know if you classify this as a tree yet. It looks more like a bush. And so I moved this olive tree from our porch inside, and what began to happen is every day I started watching this olive tree, and this olive tree began to flourish. That I watch it, and, and, and I watched we just moved it from outside, inside, and I began to see this tree immediately start to flourish. It started having new leaves. It started having significant growth, noticeable growth. And I thought, man, that's crazy. It's just I moved it from here to here, and now this tree is flourishing. And I felt like what the Lord was saying to me during that time as I was praying and I was asking God, as I felt like the Lord was calling our church in 2020 to flourish, that that was the word he was giving us, is the word to flourish. And so I started praying that for our church. I started praying that for the vessel. Lord, would you make us a church at Flores? Would you do this in us? And what I quickly realized is that this wasn't something that I was asking of God, but this was something that God was saying to me. 
And I don't know if you've ever had that moments where you're with the Lord, where you're praying for something, you're asking the Lord to do something, you're extending faith and give me strength and I'm believing for this and I'm praying for this. That looks differently than when you're in scripture and you're with time with the Lord and the Lord begins to speak and say something to you. And I quickly realized as I began praying for us to flourish, I felt like God was saying, no, no, I'm not asking you to come and seek me for prayer for that, which I am. But what I'm doing is I'm telling you You're praying and asking what 2020 is. And I'm telling you that 2020 for Vessel is the year for you to flourish. So that was what God gave me. That as much as 2019 was about deeper waters, 2020 is about us flourishing as a church. So I began to pray for that every day and I began to look for it. And so then um, just a few weeks later, and first and foremost, as, as, as we introduce this word uh, for 2020, flourish, uh, I want to define it for you. And so if you have a pen or you have your phone out, you can write down this definition. If you go to Google and you type in flourish, this is the first definition that comes up. So there was an extensive research, but it was perfect. And so here's what we're defining and looking uh, of what flourish means. The definition of flourish is to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way. So to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment. And I started reading that. And I started praying that. And I started watching this plan. I was like, man, that Lord, that's it. That's what you did to this tree. Is that I moved, I changed the environment from the porch to the entryway, and it began to flourish. It began to grow. It began to see healthy growth. And so as I was praying through that on November 17th, which is a Sunday, we went through this fall, this past fall, we went through this series on John called Come and See. Man, it was a beautiful 11-week series. I loved it. I love what the Lord said and taught us and did through that. And so the very last Sunday of that sermon series was November 17th of 2019. Man, I'm praying, Lord, flourish, flourish us. God, call us to flourish. Make us flourish, God. Is this what you're calling us to in 2020? And so Sean James was finishing out that series as the last Sunday and Sean was finishing out that series. And, and what I do every Sunday morning, I sit in here before church and I pray through a psalm. So I open my Bible and I pray psalm by psalm. And sometimes I'll just flip to a different psalm. And sometimes I will uh, flip to a particular psalm. And so that Sunday, I sat down in here before church started that day. And I flipped to Psalm 72. And as I read through it, I read these words. And I'm praying this this morning. That morning it says, may he be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers falling from the earth. I don't know if you've ever mowed your grass. Nothing feels better than after you mow your grass and it rains. You just feel so like, yes, I did it right. I'm vindicated. So his word says, may he be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his day, may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. Further along in verse 16 of Psalm 72, it says, May grain abound throughout the land. On the tops of the hills may it sway. May the crops flourish like Lebanon and thrive like grass of the field. And man, I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like here I am and I'm praying and seeking the Lord. And this is the psalm that he brings me to. And then Sean begins to teach that morning. Uh, and he begins to, t- he's, he's finishing out the series on the book of John, and he's talking about Peter's redemption. 
This is actually after the, the death and crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, after he's come back, and, and he talks about Peter's redemption. And so Sean starts by going to Luke chapter 5, and I thought, Amelia, I thought, Sean, you are not following directions. We are preaching out of John, not Luke. But he goes to Luke 5, and, and so he set up, and the reason he taught from Luke 5 is to give us a picture of who, Paul, who Peter was and how God called Peter. And so, again, I'm praying about this. I'm praying for us to flourish and listen to this. I mean, this is just so good. Um, as he reads this scripture out of, out of Luke chapter 5, in verse 4, it says, When he had finished, this is Jesus, he gets into Peter's boat, he pushes out from shore, and he teaches the crowd. And it says, When he had finished, that's Jesus, uh, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, this is Peter, he says this, he says, listen to this, push out into deeper water. And immediately, like my spidey sense, like went off. And I'm like, yeah, I start listening. The Lord pinged me. Push out into deeper water and let down your nets for a catch. If you know the story, Peter and the other fishermen, they have been fishing all night um, with, with no luck, haven't caught anything, which is the way it goes sometimes. That's why they call it fishing and not catching. And so <clears throat> Jesus tells them to push out into deeper waters, which is exactly what he told us as a church. He said, then let down your nets for a catch. And Simon Peter said, okay, master, because you say so, I will. Obedience. He didn't say, well, we haven't caught anything. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not a fisherman. You're a carpenter. Stay in your lane, right? We've already done this all night. But he, he, he gives obedience. He says, because you say so, I will. So they push out and they let down their nets. In verse 6, it says, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. If that isn't, the, if that isn't a picture of what flourishing look like, looks like, I don't know what it is. He tells them to push out in the deeper waters, let down your nets, and they can't even, their nets are tearing as they're getting them into the boat. They get another boat out there. They bring in so many fish that the boats begin to sink. That's what flourishing looks like. That's an image and a picture of flourishing. And immediately, I'm sitting right back there in the corner, and, and, and Sean starts speaking through Luke chapter 5, and the Lord starts speaking to my heart about this image of flourishing, or a reminder of him calling us into deeper waters. And I jump up because I don't have a pen. I run out there and I grab a pen. I'm sure Sean's thinking, gosh, he's not listening at all. And, you know, he probably needs this. But I was reminded of God's calling to go out into deeper waters, our faith in that, and how it led to flourishment. And so I believe that's what God is calling us to this year. He's calling us to flourish. And so our scripture that we're going to read through this morning and just pull a few things out is in Psalm 92. It's a 92nd Psalm. So if you would open your Bibles, if you, if you have it on your phone, I'd love for you to pull it up. I want you to see these words for yourself. If, if you need a Bible, you can raise your hand and Melissa will bring you one. Uh, but I'd love for you to turn to Psalm 92. And, and, and just at the end of this Psalm, I think gives us a clear picture and a clear calling to what it looks like for us to flourish as a church. And again, I want you to be a listener, not just a listener to me, but a listener to the Lord. I want you to really seek like, what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you? How does it look for us to flourish? And so it's Psalm 92, and I'll have the words up here on the screen as well. 
Towards the end of the psalm, the last four verses says this. Psalm 92, verse 12. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. And I think that this gives us a clear picture of what he's calling us to this year. So there's a few things that I want to share with you this morning as I read through this, is that the Lord put on my heart. First and foremost is that flourish is a promise of what is to come. Flourish is a promise of what is coming. If you look there at that scripture again, if you'll bump back one, Grant Ledyard, if you'll go back one slide, if you look there again at that verse, it says, the, the, the key word there is will. And if you look through that scripture, this is a promise of what is to come in the future. It's not saying that you are flourishing. It says that you, the righteous will flourish. They will grow. They will flourish in the courts of the Lord. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. That this is a promise of the future. And so um, there, there's, it's, it doesn't say, and there's no caveats there. It doesn't say, if you do this. There's no if in this scripture. It doesn't say, if you do these things, then you will flourish. There's no, um, there's no words that say, because. Because you did these things, then you will flourish. Is it what God is calling us to? He's not saying that you've got to strive and work really hard and you've got to have really hard work so that you will flourish, which is true. I'm not suggesting that uh, it doesn't require something of you. And we're going to get into that. But it's a promise of what is to come. And I think that as we look at the new year and as we start the new year, it's, it's this idea of, man, it's a new year. It's a new you. I'm going to make these changes. I'm going to be different, which are good things. And, and there's a tendency for us to take the focus off of the Lord and put the focus onto ourselves. It's, man, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to make this resolution and I'm going to make all these changes in my life, which are good things to do. It's good to go to the gym. It's good to resolve to do something. It's good to make a change. But what this scripture says is these are promises of what the Lord will do. So I want you to know for us, as God calls us to flourish in 2020, what he's doing is he's making a covenant and a promise to us of what he's going to do in us and in our church and in our lives as he's calling us to flourish. Um, this, uh, this past week, I was at a friend's house, and uh, we were at a friend's house, and, and uh, the friend has, and it's Stephen Godfrey, I'll just say. So I was at Stephen's house, and we were, we were at their house this past week, and if you look in their backyard, they've got a nice, pretty, green, lush grass in their backyard. And Shay said, Shay said to him, I was like, ah, your yard looks so good, it's so green, it looks so nice, and I was just like, you know, because mine is dead and bare. And so uh, Stephen began talking about the grass that he puts down. And he says, I seeded the lawn with the winter grass. And he says, but by the time June comes, it'll be gone. It'll be too hot. The conditions won't be right. And it'll be gone. And so the second thing I want you to know from this scripture is not only is flourishing a promise, but you are a tree. The second thing is you are a tree and not grass. 
you're a tree and not grass. Because as we looked at his lawn and how lush and green and beautiful it looks, what he said to Shay and what he reminded her of is it looks nice, but it's a winter grass. By the time June, if June is nice and it's not so hot and there's lots of rain, it may last till July, but eventually it'll be gone. Psalm 92 says the very same thing. If you look back in verse six and seven, uh, the Lord talks about those who are far from him flourishing. He says this, senseless people do not know, fools do not understand, that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. Senseless senseless people do not know. Your version or your translation may say stupid people do not know. Which in my house, our kids always, if I say stupid, I always get in trouble for saying that word for my children. Uh, but that's maybe a more accurate word. But what, what, the, what, the, what the word is saying here is that the senseless and the foolish will flourish like grass. It will pop up. It will be lush. And it will, green, it will be green, but it will not last. But by the time June and July comes, this grass will be gone and dead. Because you see, the difference between a grass and tree is, trees are, is that grass comes up quickly. You seed it, you plant it, and it comes up immediately. But it's shallow. Its, it's roots don't run deep. Grass can cover a wide, big area of land, right? You can see the whole lawn, and it can, it can be very wide, but it's only an inch deep. Grass can flourish under the right circumstances. What Stephen planted in his yard, it flourishes during the winter months. But it doesn't flourish in all environments. And the truth is, a lot of times our faith is the same. Is our faith flourishes like grass in the right circumstances. When things are going well and everything is okay and life is wonderful and it's going as expected. But as the word says, as Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. The truth is, and every one of you knows it, know it, is that in our lives we have difficulty and we have trouble and circumstances aren't always ideal for grass. And our faith is sometimes such that when those difficult circumstances or the environment change or there's no water or rain or it's too hot, that our faith dies and our faith dwindles and it, is, it doesn't last. <clears throat> but the, what the word says here about our flourishing and the flourish of those who are faithful says this, it calls us trees. It says that you will flourish like a palm tree and you will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. First of all, there's a couple things here is that trees are not grass, as you know, and there's major differences between them. And, and um, the psalm points out the two trees. First, it says that you will flourish like a palm tree. Now, palm trees are known to be, especially in Scripture, are known to be noble trees. There's, 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 symbol, there's symbols of standing upright and being noble. They're tall. Palm trees can grow in places that grass cannot. Palm trees can live and flourish and be green and produce fruit even when there's no rain. Palm trees are erect and upright and their leaves reach up to the Lord. Palm trees have deep roots. Their roots go deep to a place that water is, that's not just on the surface. 
and they grow upward towards the sun. And then he also compares them to a cedar of Lebanon. And a cedar tree is an image of strength and endurance. Of strength and endurance. A cedar tree, the cedars of Lebanon, they're known to grow in the mountains. They're known to grow in areas that other plants cannot grow. Um, they're, they're, their roots can grow in hard soil, despite rocky soil, despite it not being the most lush or perfect circumstances, they can grow. They can grow on mountaintops where it's closest to the sun, where a lot of other plants can grow. So I want you to know what it looks like to flourish is it means that you are not grass, but you are a tree. And I know my olive tree doesn't look that impressive, or you've never seen a tree on a table in a pot. But this is a tree. And this is not grass. And the, the roots of this tree will grow deep. The tree will grow long. The tree will bear fruit. The tree will last long after the grass is gone. Grass can be trampled on. Grass can be eaten and not come back. But a tree can live forever. The third thing that we can learn from this scripture here about what it means for us to flourish is that you're planted in a favorable environment. You're planted in a favorable environment. If you remember the definition of flourishing means to grow or develop in a healthier, vigorous way, especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment. In Psalm 92 verse 13, it says that the, the flourishing will happen because you're planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. I have this ongoing, uh, I, I have this ongoing dream that is a recurring dream to me. And I had a lot of those dreams as a kid, and I have a few of those as adults, but I have this reoccurring dream in my life uh, of a house and a home that my family lives in. And, and it, it looks different in all of these dreams that I have. The house always looks different, but there's one thing that is consistent with every one of these dreams that I have. And they all feel the same way. They always look the same way. But the consistent thing is, is every one of them has this courtyard, this really lush, green courtyard with these beautiful plants and beautiful trees. And it's just this gorgeous courtyard. And, every, and sometimes that courtyard has been at the top of the house, Sometimes it's been the entryway. And I know that's a strange, and I'm sharing this. You know how dreams are. They make sense to you, but to no one else. And so that may be this case. But I have this picture and this image of this garden. That's what the word says. Is it says that we will flourish when we're planted in the house of the God, in the house of the Lord. We will flourish in the courts of our God. And so I want you to know that it's important that you know where you're planted. That when I move this tree, from the porch to the foyer or the entryway into our home. I didn't move it that far, but I changed environments and it began to flourish. And I don't know why. And then there may be some horticulturalist, I don't know if that's what you <clears throat> call them, that may say, oh, well, that's because of this, 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 and this, and these circumstances. I don't know why. All I know is I moved it and changed the environment and it flourished. It could be because I put it by a window that had the right amount of light. It could be that I, I noticed it as I'm sitting in my office and I'm praying through flourishing, I see this tree, I, I, I'm watering it more and I'm giving it more attention and I'm picking out the, the leaves that have dropped and maybe it's just that, that I'm giving it more attention. I don't know what it is, but it was a change of environment that made it happen. So I want you to know that you will flourish and we will flourish in the right and favorable environment. And I don't know what that is for you. If you're new here and you're not plugged in, 
is maybe that's, that's getting plugged into a body of Christ. I can't tell you how strongly and firmly I believe in the church. The church is not perfect. Vessel is not perfect. But the bride of Christ, something happens here. And the Lord does something within his body of people when he calls his people to gather together that, that just doesn't happen on your own. It's accountability, it's encouragement, it's people watching out for you, people praying for you, being, being genuine, authentic about what's going on in your life, but it's putting it in a favorable environment. And so maybe, maybe that for you is to, to find time to be in God's word every day. That what does your soil look like? Where are you getting your nutrients from? Are you watering it every day? And the same is true for our church is that what are, what are we called to do? How are we called to help this thing flourish? Is it to be praying for our church every day? Maybe for you, it's, it's to be baptized. Maybe you've, ne- you've never been baptized as a symbol of your faith in Jesus Christ. And it's time for you to publicly do that. Now I'm telling you, for me, everything changed when I was baptized. When I said yes to being baptized, it changed everything for me. <clears throat> so what is it? For you, what is it for us? What is the change of environment that we need? Who is that person in your life that your neighbor, your coworker, that you need to go and begin a relationship with? What small group do you need to engage and become a part of? How can you serve on Sunday mornings here at Vessel? How, next weekend, we're going to be talking about missions and what we're doing in regards to missions. Is there a missionary you can begin to support, begin to pray for? Is there a ministry that we're involved in that you can get plugged into? We've got a group that are going to, to, to do prison ministry with Karen Green and Haven of Love just in a couple months. Is that what you need to do? What is the change of your environment that will help you to flourish? And how is God going to do that with us? Who's that person that we need to bring into this room to help us to flourish? <clears throat> and the last thing that, that, I, that is important here that I found from this scripture about flourishing is that not only is flourish a promise of what is to come in 2020 for Vessel Collective Church, not only are we reminded that we are trees and not grass, Not only do we need to be reminded about putting ourselves and our church into a favorable environment, but the last thing is, is when you flourish, you will be fat and bear fruit. You'll be fat and bear fruit. I bet you didn't think in 2019, five days in, that someone told you you're going to be fat this year. But I am telling you, in 2020, you will be fat. The word says in verse 14, they will still bear fruit in their old age. And they will say fresh and green. That's a nice, comfy, cozy NIV translation. The King James Version, which I always love, says that they will not be fresh and green, but they will be fat and flourishing. What the word literally translates to is a tree being being full of sap. A tree being fattened with sap to that point. And that's what the Lord does when you flourish, is that, that you are filled with the Spirit. You're not empty. You're not walking in empty. But you're a big, fat, sap-filled tree. And if you think about how they make like maple syrup, what they do, if you've ever seen that process, they put a tap into the tree, and they extract that sap from the tree. They extract that sap from the sea. And that, that's how they make real maple syrup. I'm sure Aunt Jemima has a different um, artificial process. That's not where we're going for 
But the truth is, for us to flourish, we will be fat and we will bear fruit. And a tree does not bear fruit for itself. This little old olive tree, God willing, will, will, will bear an olive one day. And that olive that it bears will not be for its own sake. It doesn't take that olive. It doesn't get anything from that olive. It's for others. And scripture tells us that you know a tree by the fruit that it bears. So I want to ask you, what does fruit look like for you in your life? Spiritual fruit. What does it look like for you to be a fat, sap-filled tree? in your life. And who needs that? For us, for the vessel, what does that look like for us? What does it look like when we are a fat, sap-filled church? What does it look like when, we, when we're bearing so much fruit that our branches, and that it's bending us at the trunk because our, 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 our leaves and our branches are so full of fruit and that people will recognize us not by what we claim, not by the shirt that we wear or the website or Instagram or whatever we put out. When will people recognize up for us for the fruit that we will bear? That is what God has called us to in 2020. That is the vision he's giving us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite the worship team back up here to close us out. And I'm going to leave this uh, skinny little non-fruit bearing olive tree up here. But I want you to think about those things as we close out. Is what does it mean for you to flourish this year? What does it mean for us to flourish? And what part do we play in this? If you would stand with me, let's pray. And we'll close out in some worship. Dear Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for imagery that speaks so clearly to me and maybe no one else, Lord. But that you're so kind and generous and sweet and intimate to know what speaks to our hearts to know how to communicate to us. God, I thank you for your faithfulness in deeper waters. I thank you that you called us to that in 2019. Jesus, that we said yes. God, and you did what only you could do. We praise you and thank you for that. God, I pray for 2020 that it is a year that Vessel Collective Church flourishes. God, I pray that we don't have any agenda or strategy or plan on how that happens, but we seek you. God, that we get ourselves in a favorable environment. God, that we become fat and, and bear fruit. God, for the sake of the world. And Lord, that when we look back and we stand here on January 5th of 2021, that we will look back at 2020 and think, my God, what did you do? How incredible your faithfulness Look how we flourished. Look at what you did. That it wasn't because of anything that we worked really hard for, but just faithful to say yes to your flourish in our lives. We pray these things in your name. We thank you for listening today and pray that you are blessed by this message. We invite you to join with us on Sundays or connect with us at our website, vessel.church